welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast as glorious as the Land Grant Trophy. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who doesn't drink coffee. Oh yes, that's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, who also does not drink coffee. That's true. Trey Newman as well. <laughs> Sounds like you could use some coffee, Trey. Yeah. <laughs> a little lethargic. A little lethargic. A little bit. <laughs> anyway, two requests from the listeners before we start talking football. First, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Bros, And more importantly, follow our Instagram at Bros. We've got more and more content going up there throughout the week and on the weekend. If you want to see what the bros look like, follow us there. We posted a picture of us from this weekend enjoying the Husker game, or I guess not enjoying it, really. Well, it was okay. We kind of expected (laughs) it. It was better than I anticipated. We covered. We covered. Yeah, exactly. Better than we thought. All right. Also, we want to let everyone know that we're going to have another episode this week. We're doing our mid-season trivia show, so Ryan and Trey will compete against each other. I will be the quiz master, asking them questions about the first half of the college football season. Last year's questions were a little tough there, Mike. All right, I'll try and make them I'll try and make them a little easier yeah. then. I'll do what I can. Yeah, all right. Thanks. But let's get into the week 6 recap. The first game we have was the biggest game of the weekend, the Red River Shootout. After blowing a 21-point lead in the fourth quarter, Texas recovered, beat Oklahoma on a last-second 40-yard field goal from Dicker Dicker the kicker. <laughs> Dicker the kicker. <laughs> Uh, we'll get to whether Texas is back in a little bit. We had some voicemails about that. But first, Ryan, just give me your kind of general thoughts on the game. Yeah, it was just an amazing game. Exactly what we were hoping for. There was over a thousand yards of total offense, a ton of momentum changes, and both quarterbacks were fantastic for the most part. As far as why Texas won this game, I think you can kind of point to those those two turnovers Oklahoma had that led to 10 points for Texas. Meanwhile, the Longhorns didn't turn the ball over once, and Ellinger now has the school record for most passing attempts thrown without a pick. He's up to 163 now, so crazy. Great performance out of him. He was 24 35, 314 yards, two two touchdowns. Then he had 19 carries, 72 yards, and three touchdowns on the ground, so he was the star of the game and just a, a great win for, for Texas. Yeah, I had, a, I had a friend ask me if Texas could hang with Oklahoma. And I, and I responded with, I do, because have you seen OU's defense? Oklahoma, yeah, yeah, it showed up in this one. Or didn't show up, I guess. They're just wasting these incredible offenses with poor defenses in the last few years. You know, as for the game itself, it was, it was such an entertaining one to watch. There were big plays all over the field. Ellinger came up clutch uh, at the end with that last drive because if they had to give the ball back, Texas's defense was gassed and couldn't stop air. So it was a great win for the Horns and Herman. Yeah, Trey, you bring up the defense costing them the last few years. It came out, of course, as we're recording this, I think it was, was it yesterday? It came out that Mike Stoops is out as defensive coordinator. Uh, it's about time, right? Yeah, it is definitely about time. Yeah, no reason not to make a change. Um, Ruffin McNeil. Okay. Ruffin Ruffin McNeil's the guy now. All right. ID coordinator. It's a good name. From East Carolina. He was good good at Texas Tech with Leach during his better year. So, you know, probably can't get any worse, right? I I don't think so. Um, (laughs) But one question I think is interesting after this game is, who now is the favorite to win the Big 12? I put up a poll on Twitter. Most people took West Virginia. Uh, but they still have OU left on the schedule. They have to play at Texas. So to me, there's no way the betting market would favor them over Texas. Um, so then I guess it comes down to Texas and OU for me. And that's a tough one. Obviously, Texas maybe has the better chance to get to the Big 12 championship because they have that tiebreaker over OU and zero losses. But I don't know. If I if I had to pick right now, if you asked me to put my life on it, I'd still take OU just because they're I think the better team. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, OU is, if, if I had to pick a team, gun to my head, I would say OU. I trust them more. Their offense is great. And if the defense can at least just make some little improvements as the year goes on, I still think they're the best team. Yeah, no, I'm, I think we're, it's a clean sweep. I'm, I still, uh, 
I'm still high on West Virginia though, even though they yeah you know they control their destiny. But I I like I like West Virginia, but uh, but I would have to say even with that one loss, it would be Oklahoma. Yep. Yeah, and and with West Virginia, I think yeah is the difference is that their game is at Texas, so you have to think Texas might be a small favorite there, but we'll see. Um, anyway, voicemails. We have two voicemails coming in that came in uh, about this game, so let's listen to both of them. Hey, bros. Jordan, also from Canada. You actually have a fair number of Canadian fans here. So I just finished watching the Texas-Oklahoma game, and I'm not sure what to think because Texas seemed to be back, and then they weren't. They almost gave it up, and then they're back again. What do you guys think? <laughs> it's kind of a good way to put it. <laughs> right? Another Canadian listener, too. Yeah, I know. They, they're they the ones that call in, too. I like it. Okay, we have uh, one more similar question, so let's play that one, too. Hey, bros. This is Braden calling again. Today, the Spartans lost. They look terrible. And honestly, I'm not sure if they're going to win another game until they play Maryland. But that doesn't matter, because Texas is back. Bros, my question is, just how back is Texas? I'll take my answer off here. <laughs> so he does. He doesn't even give us a choice. He just wonders how back is Texas. How back do you think, Ryan? Um, I'd say they're seventy-five percent back, Michael. Yeah. Oh, seventy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's I'm putting specific. A, I'm, Can you give me like a decibel level? Like you have to say <laughs> it how loud they're back. Say Texas is back. Texas is back. That's okay. That I, was a little I could loud. go louder. Yeah, but I could go louder. <laughs> Um, I mean, I know they just beat OU, but you still have to remember they lost to Maryland and they barely beat Tulsa and just haven't looked most super impressive the whole rest of the season. So, and it's a kind of a down year, at least a little bit for the big 12. It's not exactly firing on all cylinders, although there are some West Virginians looking pretty good, but anyway, there's no great team necessarily. Um, but I won't say they're fully back until they can actually compete in the playoff and have a decent chance of winning it all. And this year, I don't, I just don't think they can, even though they had a great win last week. Yeah, I mean, it, it all depends on what you define as as back in this case. I, I say they're back in terms of, of competing for the Big 12 title. Um, but like you said, Ryan, they're, they're not quite ready for the big time in the playoff. And, you know, looking at their schedule, they're 5-1 and one now, but the, and they only have one ranked team left on the schedule when they host West Virginia in a month. So if they go 11 and 1 or even 10 and 2 to get to the Big 12 title, to me, I'd say that qualifies as back yeah. at least you know, for sure relevant in most eyes. Yeah, so can I get a decibel reading tray of Texas is back? I'm going to say Texas is back. Okay. Ooh, that was sensual. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> um I I'm going to say okay, I got to give a decibel. Um I'm going to say Texas is back. Ooh, wow. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I mean, I'm kind of like you, Ryan. I think for me, they're back when they go into a game against an Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, teams like that, and they aren't a big underdog, you know? But right now against those teams, they'd be probably at least a touchdown underdog. If you look at Massey Peabody or FPI, I think they'd be double-digit underdogs against those teams. So yeah, exactly. to me, I can't say they're back when it would still be a big upset for them to beat the top teams. Yep agreed but in the headed in the right direction obviously so they are they are all right next game dan mullen in florida got a huge 27 to 19 victory in the swamp against lsu trey what were your thoughts on this one now there's the lsu we've come to know over the last few years burrow had a only a 33 qbr through two picks and watching this game with the bros i mentioned a couple times and the the quote was there's the LSU quarterback throws that we've grown accustomed to over the years. Yeah, yeah, not a great game for Burrow. No, it wasn't. Now, LSU's offense didn't stun me, but I was surprised looking back at the stats that Florida ended up averaging five yards per rush against that solid defense of LSU. Even with Felipe Franks putting on some, putting up some pretty, pretty pedestrian numbers, Dan Mullen is quietly doing a heck of a job in year one down there. Yeah, it's been uh you have to be happy if you're a Florida fan. After that Kentucky lost it loss, it wasn't looking great, but they have certainly turned it around. Um or just, you know, Kentucky's better than we thought too. Um but one thing that plagued LSU early in the season, and it happened again here, 
drops from the wide receivers. And that final drive, two really bad drops oh, yeah. that really cost them any chance to, even a small chance to force overtime. But a lot of credit should go to that Florida defense. They're playing really well. They had 11 tackles for loss, five sacks in this one. So they were getting pressure on Burrow and forcing some of those bad throws. Ja'Kai Polite had two of those sacks. He's been a breakout star as a as a pass rusher for Florida. And suddenly, a few weeks down the road, world's largest outdoor cocktail party, looking like, you know, much more of a game than we thought a few weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if you're LSU, you, you can't turn the ball over three times uh, and expect to win. Going into this game, I actually thought they held the advantage because of that. They usually do such a good job of not turning the ball over. But, you know, like you guys said, Florida's defense took advantage and they're playing great. Um, Trey, you kind of touched on this, but I was surprised at how well both teams ran the ball. I mean, LSU wasn't amazing, but they ran for 180 yards and then Florida ran for 215. So Florida really, it kind of seemed as the game went on, they started to have more and more success too. Even had a couple of nice option plays uh, late in the game that were pretty nice. So um, great job for Florida turning it around here. Okay. Next game, Notre Dame dominated at Virginia Tech 45 to 23. Dexter Williams had 178 yards rushing and three touchdowns. We don't really need to talk about the game too much because it was mostly a blowout, especially in the second half. But my question is, how good is Notre Dame? And I'll get us started. I'm going to put them behind Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, that group, just because of those teams' pedigree and you know the fact that those teams didn't struggle with Vandy and Ball State. I know that was before Ian Book came around, but still... Um, so yeah, I'd put Notre Dame with Michigan, Oklahoma, Penn State, Washington, kind of that second tier. I, I definitely couldn't confidently put any of those teams ahead of Notre Dame. Yeah, I, I, I pretty much agree with that, Mike. Um, I have been impressed with Notre Dame. Um, I think I was a little higher on him than you were. Um, but especially ever since Ian Book took over, I mean, he's been great. Their offense has been completely different with him in there and they've proven they can win even without their A game, which is huge. Uh, but the last two weeks, they've dominated ranked opponents, beating them both by three touchdowns. So I see them as that fifth team behind the teams you mentioned. Yeah, and I'm, I, I kind of like the Irish now too. I'm, I'm starting to buy in with Book, but I'm really starting to buy in because they've fielded a top 10 defense so far this season. Yeah. And, you know, remaining, they're going to be favored in all their games. So it's looking like near six game at worst and obviously a playoff bid if, if they potentially go unscathed which we might talk about later nice tease trey yeah very good very good i actually <laughs> did when are we talking about that we are well oh oh yeah okay yeah. never mind never mind <laughs> i remember now um but anyway i'm gonna i'm gonna tease it a little bit more because right now notre dame's chances of going undefeated according to fpi what would you guys guess Ooh. what do you think the percent chance is i'm gonna say 40 25 percent oh that's i'm gonna say 40 36.7 so pretty good guesses. yeah yeah because no Dang. one's great left on their schedule but yeah you know at northwestern florida state neutral against syracuse at usc none of those teams are are garbage so exactly there's yeah. a chance except for usc oh come on <laughs> <laughs> sorry mike just kidding uh maybe by then they'll be good <laughs> no they're, they're fine i was just giving you a hard time okay uh anyway time for the rapid recaps ryan despite your insult i'll let you go first Alrighty, so my first game is Florida State at Miami. The Seminoles uh, scored a touchdown early in the third quarter to go up 27-7, to and it looked like they were just going to blow out the Hurricanes, but Nikosi Perry threw three touchdowns in less than 10 minutes of game time um, and led the Hurricanes all the way back, and they won by one, 28-27 over their in-state rivals, so just another heartbreaking loss for Florida State. Rough year for them so far. Yeah, especially with that double pass they had that maybe would have... Yeah, I mean, yeah, close to put the game out of reach, but yeah, that's, of course they. It's been tough. It's been tough for Seminoles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my second game is Northwestern at Michigan State, uh, and the Wildcats were able to pull the upset here, despite only rushing for eight total yards. Um, overall, it was a pretty even game as both teams scored four times, but the difference was Northwestern scored four touchdowns while Sparty had to settle for a couple of field goals. That was the difference. Um, my next game is uh, my upset special that I hit, actually. I had Iowa State. They went into Stillwater uh, and beat the Pokes 48-42. I 
Matt Campbell knows how to coach quarterbacks. Third string quarterback Brock Purdy went 18 of 23 for 318 yards and four touchdowns. So a much needed win for the Cyclones there. Um, getting back on track. Yeah. Purdy good. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> uh, my last game is uh, Washington at UCLA and the Bruins put quite a scare into the Huskies only losing by seven. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson played his best game so far uh, in his young career uh, against a really good Husky defense. Um, but even though they, they didn't look great, Washington keeps their playoff hopes alive. Okay, my first game, Utah pulled off the 40-21 to upset at Stanford. Zach Moss, 20 carries for 160 yards and two touchdowns. But more importantly, they won the turnover battle 4-0. to Stanford, of course, was without Bryce Love, but still. I mean, it seems to me that Stanford was a bit of a pretender. They were actually ranked 29th going into this game by Massey Peabody, so maybe the uh, advanced numbers already knew it. South Carolina won a weird game against Missouri, 37-35. to Tucker McCann for Missouri hit a 57-yard field goal after a long weather delay to take the lead late. But South Carolina, despite being without Jake Bentley, drove down the field with Michael Skarnecchia at quarterback, and Parker White hit the game-winning 33-yard field goal. Ryan, if you say it's a quarterback controversy... I was... I was just going to say that. You had that look like you I were know. about. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> QB controversy? <laughs> Auburn did not score a touchdown against Mississippi State and lost 23-9. to Nick Fitzgerald, 195 yards rushing, only 69 through the air. I think Joe Murrow's just given up through the air there. Just pretty much. He knows what he's got. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, yep. But man, Auburn's O-line is in shambles right now. And now Auburn's 1-2 and two in the SEC with road games still left at Georgia and at Alabama. So 500 at best in the SEC, it looks like. Yeah, they, they're, they're pretty much done uh, as far as meeting their expectations this year. Last game, Clemson won 63-3 at Wake Forest. Trevor Lawrence played well, and the Tigers rushed for 471 yards. Cool story out of this game. Hunter Renfro, of course, played wide receiver, also played quarterback for a series, and punter. He, he got a 42-yard punt. <laughs> he can do it all. Seems like this the skill players do a great job whenever they have to punt. You know? Yeah, yeah. Not bad. They do. Better than Lightborn. Oh, <laughs> that's Nebraska's yeah. punter. Yeah, he's so, he got benched. <laughs> really relatable, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, very relatable. Well, you know, punters don't get benched all that often. And Ryan, always, Ryan always finds a way to bring the Huskers into this. But uh, all right. My first game is Kentucky at Texas A&M. A&M won this one 20-14 in overtime. When Kentucky returned a Kellen Mond fumble for a touchdown late in the fourth quarter to tie it, I was seriously starting to think Kentucky was a team of destiny. <laughs> that was crazy. Ne- yep. Neither yep. of these teams could really do anything on offense, but you could tell A&M made a concerted effort to stop Benny Snell, and they won that battle by limiting him to 78 total yards of offense. Kentucky faced defeat for the first time. My next game is Arizona State at Colorado. Colorado won this 28-21 to stay unbeaten. LaVisca Chenault had all four touchdowns for the Buffs to continue his stellar season. Two key events in the fourth quarter allowed CU to hold on. Early in the fourth quarter, they turned ASU over on downs when they had first and goal at the three. Then they finished the game with a 7-minute and 10-second drive to run out the clock. Next game, San Diego State at Boise State. No starting quarterback and no starting running back was no problem for the Aztecs, who got a huge win on the blue turf at Boise, 19-13. to I think I can speak for the bros when I say we're really surprised at how Rippon and Boise's offense can disappear at some times. Yeah, absolutely. San Diego State held Boise to only 229 yards of total offense. Rocky Long just doesn't get the credit he deserves. Great win. My last game, Boston College at NC State. NC State led this one 28-10 going into the fourth, and they held on to win 28-23 against a BC team without A.J. Dillon. Ryan Finley continues to have a solid connection with Kelvin Harmon and Jacoby Myers on the outside. The Wolfpack are 5-0, but they haven't really beaten anyone. They get a chance to prove themselves in their next game at Clemson. All right, let's move on from week six and get to our segments. Our first segment, we're actually going to travel into the future. 
Are you guys ready? <laughs> yeah, let's do it, Mike. Uh, okay. All right. I have <laughs> I have my uh, magical harp here. In the year here. 2000. Yeah, yeah. I've thought about a segment in the year 2000. We yeah. should keep that in mind. <laughs> um, all right. Let's, uh, let's go. Welcome to the College Football Bros Podcast. Conference Championship Week has just concluded. So, guys, let's, uh, let's decide who we think deserves to be in the college football playoff. There are five teams, of course, who have a chance. Ryan, why don't you tell us who those teams are? All right. So we got four undefeated teams and then one team with one loss that are possibilities right now. So let's start with the undefeateds. We got Ohio. I mean, we all know this, of course, but you're just, you know. Yeah, I'm just, you know, regurgitating. Okay. Just just so you know. All right. We got Ohio State, who just beat Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game with a 50-yard field goal as time expired. And we have Clemson. They beat Miami in the ACC title. We got Notre Dame, who narrowly survived scares at Northwestern and USC. Man, USC looked really good in that one. They're good. They're a good oh, team. Great team. Going to be great next year. <laughs> oh, totally. Look out for JT Daniels. Love Clay Helton. Love Clay. <laughs> All right. Um, and Georgia is our last undefeated team. They just won on a last-second 55-yard field goal by Hot Rod uh, against previously number one Alabama, who had won every other game by at least two touchdowns. So, all right, those are your five teams because Alabama is that one team with a loss. So, there we go. Okay, good breakdown, Ryan. Uh, so, why don't you start us out? Who do you think the committee's going to choose? All right. Well, the only thing that's easy about this question is who the number one seed is, and that's Georgia. That's that's an easy answer. Yep. I'm going to go with number two seed. I'm going to say Alabama, and I have them there Whoa. because I know, I know, but the committee has proven in the past to use the eye test, and in this scenario where Alabama dominated every opponent, um, them and Georgia are the clear two best teams, so I don't see them being punished for losing to them. Um, so that's who I have for two. Number three seed, I have Clemson. They don't have a super strong resume. They're, the ACC was horrible this year, but again, the eye test tells you deserve it. They, the eye test tells you they deserve it. So that leaves Notre Dame or Ohio State, um, and I'm going to go with the Buckeyes here. Um, I don't think either team is clearly better than the other by the eye test. So I got to look at their resumes. I think Ohio State's is stronger. Wow, wow. So I'm leaving out Notre Dame. All right, that's, uh, that's some bold picks there, Ryan. I uh, I agree with you on Georgia. They're they're clearly number one ohio state i think they're number two they'll be in they they've beaten tcu penn state michigan and wisconsin recently i think alabama is also in because of their their dominance and their only loss being to number one georgia as time expired so to me it really comes down to clemson and ohio and notre dame after doing some research i actually think i leave clemson out whoa which seems shocking it seems shocking but Notre Dame has a better resume. The Irish have beaten Michigan, Stanford, Virginia Tech, and USC. Oh, Stanford and Virginia Tech aren't even ranked, Trey. Yeah. What are you talking? I know I know USC well, at, won every other game, at but the, <laughs> at the time, at the time they definitely were. And True. Clemson's only win versus a team ranked as we sit here after championship week is a decent but not great Miami squad. That's true. That's true. So, it, even though Clemson's been there year in and year out. Notre Dame had a little better record. I mean, a little better resume. You guys are uh, you guys are kind of making me second guess myself here, Ryan. I think you're crazy for putting Alabama over Ohio State. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe so, maybe so. But maybe I'm crazy here. I don't know. I think Alabama gets left out. Um, oh. I know they'd be favored over every team in the field, probably significantly. But I just I don't know. I don't know if the committee would hear the end of it if they put a one loss Bama in. That really doesn't have a great strength of schedule. Yeah, they've dominated dominated everybody, so we can say they're probably the best team, but they really don't have any great wins either. I mean, LSU, but LSU has a few losses this year. Um, well, look at last year, though. Alabama, right? They got put in with a that's loss. True, but they were going up against a two-loss Ohio State team. So That's true. This year, up against all these undefeateds, I think people, they might just say, hey, Alabama, you had your chance to to beat Georgia there, and you didn't, so... We're leaving you out. Oh, boy, I hope they do that. I really do. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We'll find out. Um, Oh, breaking news on my Twitter feed right now. Bobby Petrino has just been fired. Wow. Oh, 
Wow, that's believable. Not, I guess not too surprising he, there. I think but. he's trying. He, he's been trying all year. Yeah. Uh, anyway, next question I have for you guys right here after championship week. What are your thoughts on Nebraska winning six of their past seven games and going bowling? Ah. Scott Frost. Scott Frost. Look what he's done. I mean, it's clear it's clear they're gonna win the, they're gonna be preseason top ten and be in the final four next year. <laughs> Absolutely. I would totally agree with that. Yep, no doubt. Okay, back to reality, guys. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I, th- I thought that was an interesting question. It was uh, Rufus Peabody tweeted that out, that uh, kind of hypothetical, and it's really hard to choose. It yeah, is. that's hard. There's no right answer there. It's, you know, it's that would be that would be insanely hard for the committee. I'd feel bad for them. Yeah. All right. Uh, our next segment is a top five list, and I have to pay off my bet here. Ryan? You had Notre Dame minus five and a half on last week's podcast. I took Virginia Tech. I was pretty confident about it. You might say cocky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So was I, though. Yeah. Well, I lost. So I have yeah. to give the top five reasons that you are better than me. All right. I can't wait. Number five, you are a better basketball player, better shooter, better ball, better ball handler, you're quicker. I mean, all the above. I like how you broke it down there a little bit. And you just didn't. <laughs> yeah. <I got> it. <laughs> Number four, better at video games. The joystick, the A button, the B button, just all three of those things, Ryan. Yeah, it's true. I, I was better than you. <laughs> how was that breakdown? Yeah. All three phases. <laughs> all three phases. <laughs> now, you'd usually beat me in NCAA football, uh, and I was not a fan of that. Nope. Nope. Number three, you live in L.A. I feel like people that live in L.A. are just better than the rest of the country. Wow. We are. Especially the Midwest, right? Oh, without a doubt. Sorry, folks in the Midwest. Yeah. We're in Hollywood here, baby. Do they even have Pinkberry in the Midwest? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, you're better at Spanish than me. Ah. Your wife is from Colombia. You spent a summer there. You picked it up a little bit. Yeah, muy poquito. (laughs) Okay. Mejor que tú. Uh... Number one, which is the ultimate trump card really any brother can have, and that it's that if it came to it, you'd probably beat me up in a fight. Yeah. Yeah. Stronger. You got a lower pad level. Low man wins. Just You just, yeah, that wouldn't be much of a competition now, would it, Mike? <laughs> you do All have right. length on me, so that would be your advantage. Try to keep me away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go, Ryan. Five reasons you're better than me. All right. I'm feeling a little bit better now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did, is there anything I left out? Anything? Any reasons you think? Uh, better looking. You could have gone with that. Oh, no. <laughs> I almost <laughs> went with a strong, stronger jawline. I think you got a stronger jawline than I do. Yeah. You got a girly, girly face. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have said that, but. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, let's uh, let's get back to football. All right. That sounds good. Week 7 preview will start with 3.30 Eastern time, Michigan State at number 8 Penn State. Nittany Lions are a 13.5 point favorite in the battle for the Land Grant Trophy. Ryan, who do you think is going to take it home? Well, I mean, Sparty really uh, really needs this game. Uh, they actually have a better chance than Penn State does uh, to win the East at this point, um, since their only loss in, in conferences to Purdue from the West, so... I mean, it's not going to happen, but <laughs> still technically better than Penn State at this point. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there for our Michigan State fans. Uh, James Franklin and company, they still actually have a lot to play for. Um, an 11-1 Penn State team with a last-minute loss to Ohio State will get some playoff consideration, especially if there's some you know, craziness uh, here at the end of the year. Oh, yeah. They'd, so I think- they'd have a, a real decent chance. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there needs to be a, some people drop off, but there's a decent chance that'll happen. So I think we'll see them bounce back here uh, and win this game. But I don't think they're going to cover uh, that 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 big point spread. The matchup. Well, first of all, sorry, Braden, you're, you're you're awfully depressed about Sparty, but hopefully they can they can surprise you and perk you back up this this weekend. But <laughs> the matchup here for me is McSorley versus Sparty's pass defense. Surprisingly, Michigan State gives over gives up over 300 per game in the air, which is pretty uncharacteristic for a D'Antonio team. If their corners and safeties play well, or at least better than they have, Sparty could actually make this a game. 
Of course, you know, Penn State has a bunch of offensive weapons, so it's going to be difficult. And Penn State also has the advantage of, of a recent bye week, but they're still upset, still mulling over their loss to Ohio State. So I say Sparty keeps it closer than expected, but the Lions pull it out. Yeah, I mean, I've been waiting for Michigan State to show something like what we thought they'd be before the year in every game. And and pretty much every game they've struggled. They've been outscored 51-7 to in the last four fourth quarters they've played. Yeah, that's not good. It's it's bad. It's bad yeah. is what it is. Yeah. The O-line is struggling a lot. Cody White is hurt at receiver, of course. So, I don't know. It's just a mess. I I, I like McSorley and, and Penn State to to cover the spread here. All right. All right. Next game, also at 3.30 Eastern time, number two, Georgia, is a seven-point favorite at number 13, LSU. Trey, what are your thoughts here? First of all, this should be an awesome environment down Baton Rouge. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to see Georgia in this one, as this is going to be their first true test of the season. And and more more specifically, I want to see how Jake Fromm performs against Greedy Williams and this LSU defense. In the last game versus Vanderbilt, Fromm appeared to turn a quarter and had his best game of the season. So if he plays like that or near that level, I think it could be an easy victory because I'm not terribly concerned about Georgia's D versus that LSU offense that we were talking about earlier. I think Burrow and Brissett will have to play their best games possible to pull this out. So maybe I'm, am I underestimating LSU here? Actually, uh, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I, I, I I've kind of agree with your sentiments. I like Georgia in this game. Their smallest margin of victory so far this year is 14 points, and that was at a good Missouri team who's proven to be pretty darn capable. Um, I don't see Joe Burrow having the confidence after last week's struggles uh, to keep pace with Jake Fromm in that explosive Georgia offense. Um, LSU will play with everything they have because they have to have this game, and they'll keep it close for a while. But I see Georgia pulling away late um, and winning this one by about two touchdowns. So I'm actually going to make Georgia my lock of the week. Yeah, uh, it's a clean sweep here. I like Georgia as well. Um, of course, LSU's big win this year was against Auburn, um, who has a very good defense. But unlike Auburn, Georgia actually has an offense to pair with their defense. So LSU is going to have to keep pace with that Georgia offense. DeAndre Swift is looking fully healthy after you know a mediocre couple games uh, there. But I think he's going to have a big game here. The receiving core for Georgia is living up to the hype. I think Georgia wins easy as well. Next game is unfortunately yet again at the exact same time, three yeah, thirty Eastern. I know what the heck. Excuse my language. Number seven, <laughs> Washington, is the three point favorite at number seventeen, Oregon. So, what do you think here, Ryan? Well, with Stanford dropping a game last week against Utah, this game became even more important and might ultimately decide who wins the North. Um, and I, I actually like the Ducks uh, in this game. And the main reason is because they're coming off of a bye week. So they had two weeks to get ready for this UW team. Meanwhile, the Huskies are coming off a, a tougher than expected game at uh, UCLA. Uh, so I'm taking the Ducks. And I'm taking them straight up. Um, and I just don't I just feel like Washington's lack of explosive offense has to cost them you know, again, I mean, obviously it cost them an Auburn, but I think it's going to cost them again in Pac-12 play. I don't think they can go unscathed. So uh, I'm taking the Ducks. I like the Ducks as well. Um, Jake Browning, of course, Ryan, you are are not a big fan of. I mean, he's a good game manager. He's a good game manager. Yeah. Well, his sophomore year, he was amazing. 43 touchdowns, nine interceptions. He was Heisman level that I season. I mean, could John Ross be that big of a factor? In Maybe. I know? know there's a lot of talk about um, I think a shoulder injury that mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Jake Browning sustained. Maybe he's not been the same since then, but the year and a half since that season, 28 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, which is good, but it's it's not amazing. Yep. And yep. I just have way more faith than Justin Herbert in this game. I know Washington has a great secondary, but the biggest weakness with the defense this year, they aren't putting pressure on quarterbacks. They aren't getting sacks. So if you don't pressure Herbert, he can thread the needle against, you know, no matter how tight the coverage is. So I'm going to take Oregon in an upset as well. Wow. I think uh, I'm going to go against the grain here with uh, with the Huskies. In the preseason, this was probably the Pac-12 game I was most looking forward to. And, and mm-hmm. it's living up to it at, at this point as well. Washington is a tough team for me to gauge, though. One week, I'm all in on them. Another week, I'm high, but questions tend to creep in. 
But then, you, I sh- well, I mean, you shouldn't really think about those questions when you're high. So yeah, it's fair enough. time to do it. Fair That's, enough. That might be the problem. Me and Elon Musk are just spending too much time <laughs> together. But <laughs> yeah. But then I then I looked at their schedule so far, and to date, they follow suit with my opinion. Every other game has zigzagged back and forth of, in terms of solid, solid performances and then okay performances. Ryan, like you mentioned, Oregon does have that benefit of the bye week to prepare for this one, but. Using Washington's zigzag approach, I think they've circled this game, and I think they get the win in Eugene to prove a to make a statement. Yeah. Okay. All right. Last full preview we have here is number fifteen, Wisconsin at number twelve, Michigan. Michigan's a seven and a half point favorite. I'm really high on Michigan right now. I'm also me and Elon Musk are are very high on Michigan. Uh, we know the defense is dominant, but offensively, Shea Patterson is playing really well so far this year. And the biggest concern with the team coming into the year was the offensive line. And you you saw that kind of rear its head in that first game against Notre Dame. But since then, albeit not great competition, but it's looked really good the last few weeks. Um, the real test, of course, will come these next few weeks against better teams. But I think they're up to it. And really, this Wisconsin defense is is not all that great. And it's certainly nowhere near as good as last year. They're not even a top 25 defense, according to Massey Peabody. So I will give the points with Michigan, and I'm going to make that my lock. All right. Michael's Michael's all in on the blue this year. I am. I am. No, I, I They're am in too. my playoff. I am too. I think Harbaugh doesn't get uh, enough or the fair respect that he probably deserves. But, but when looking at this game, I was like you, Michael. I was surprised to see that Wisconsin, they give up over 350 yards per game. And they have the 55th ranked S&P plus defense. You're not used to seeing that up in Madison. Yep. They lost a lot of guys from last year. It's true. They're, they're going to need to bottle up Shea Patterson and Higdon because Wisconsin's offense, they're not going to have their way with the top five defense of Michigan. It goes without saying, but Hornibrook is going to need to make some plays in the air without turning it over. If he can't, Michigan is going to stay keyed into that running game and they're going to control the game. So I, even though I don't like giving more than a touchdown, I think the Wolverines cover in this matchup. All right, I'm going to disagree with you guys here. Um, I'm actually going to take the plus seven and a half. Um, the one worry I do have, though, for the Badgers is their secondary. I think their front seven's fine, uh, especially they're going to get Andrew Van Ginkle. He was came back for the Nebraska game, but he really didn't play all that much. So I think he's going to be closer to 100% in this one. And he makes he's a difference maker. He's a good pass rusher, so he'll be able to put some pressure on Patterson. But the worry I do have is their secondary. They're really banged up back there, and that's what's holding them back, I think. They had they played two true freshmen a lot last week because guys were either injured or they had a, a guy ejected for targeting, um, and that was Scott Nelson, the safety, and he it was in the second half, so he's going to miss the first half of this game. Uh, so that's a concern. But Wisconsin's been there. They know what they're doing. They got a great ground game with Jonathan Taylor. So I think they're going to do enough to keep this game close, um, and I'm hoping the the good horny brick shows up and makes them a few big plays through the year. So give me the Badgers. All right. Before we get to our honorable mentions, we had a celebrity listener call in and give her thoughts on what she thinks is the most exciting game of the weekend. You guys want to hear that? Oh, yeah, please. Okay. Okay. Hey, Rose. Beth Mullins here. Great work this year on the podcast. The can't game of the weekend is Iowa and Indiana. Tom Allen always has a solid defense, but I think he's no match for Nathan Stanley, the star quarterback for the Hawkeyes. Great win in Minnesota last week. Look for Iowa to repeat that performance this Saturday. Noon Eastern time on ESPN2. See you, bros. <laughs> Thanks, Beth. Oh, right. It's so nice of Beth to call in. We were <laughs> And she's even really? announcing that game, so of course she's excited. Yeah, exactly. She's yeah. Uh, yeah, she got the call. ESPN2, Iowa game. Who would have thunk? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, definitely wasn't Nate yet again, right? Wasn't our cousin Nate? Nope, never, okay. never has been. No. Thanks, Beth. Okay. No. Just wanted to confirm. Um, time for the honorable mentions. Trey, get us started here. My first game is Texas Tech at TCU. TCU is currently a seven and a half point favorite, and this game is on Thursday night. As of this point, we don't know the status of Alan Bowman, but Cliff will have Jet Duffy ready, especially with the extra few days to prepare for this midweek showdown. TCU is looking to get back into form as they've looked pretty average since their exciting game versus Ohio State. I know the Red Raiders have a bad defense, but the Horned Frog offense doesn't invoke much fear, 
So I think the Red Raiders keep this inside the number, number, and they will be my lock of the week. All right, my next game is number 22, Texas A&M at South Carolina. The Aggies are currently a two-point favorite. Jake Bentley is questionable for this one, but I don't think that's a huge deal, as you guys were arguing about before. (laughs) Michael Skarnecchia played great in their win against Mizzou in rainy conditions. A&M's coming off their overtime defensive battle against Kentucky. Muschamp's defense hasn't been exactly stellar, so Kellen Mond and Travion Williams should be able to move the ball fairly well. But I actually want Skarnecchia to play here since he outperformed Drew Locke last week, and he could give this Gamecock team a spark this season. I'll take the Gamecocks at home. Next game, Missouri at number one, Alabama. Alabama's a 28-point favorite. One of these games, Alabama's going to get a scare because a quarterback will light up their secondary. But it's not going to happen here. Tried to drum up some excitement, but Drew Locke and Missouri don't have enough to match wits with Alabama. Alabama is going to be able to move the ball like they have been all season against this middle-of-the-road defense. Tuza, t- sorry, Tua will dazzle, and Bama wins. I will Finally, say one thing. Trevon Diggs, it came out today, out indefinitely with a foot injury. That's the starting corner for Alabama. So, eh, who knows? Stephon Diggs' brother. Is it really? I didn't actually know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. He must have sticky hands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, my last game is Ohio at Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois is currently a five-point favorite. Need to mix in some action here. Both teams here, they come in unbeaten in MAC play, and it could be a preview of the MAC championship. They both need a win to stay atop their respective divisions. It's a clash of styles in this one as Ohio has a high-powered offense led by quarterback Nathan Rourke, whereas you have Northern Illinois with a stout defense anchored by Sutton Smith. Ohio's been playing with fire lately in close games that they were supposed to win, so I'm going to lean with the better defense in this one and take Northern Illinois. All right, my first game, Arizona at Utah. Utah's a 13.5-point favorite. This game's on Friday night. And despite starting out 0-2 in conference, Utah is now back in the hunt with that big upset win at Stanford. Obviously a must-win for them here, though. Uh, And with Khalil Tate still not 100% healthy, I don't think he will be all year. And with Arizona needing two defensive touchdowns to narrowly beat Cal at home, I'm much more confident betting Utah here. Next game, Baylor at number nine, Texas. The Longhorns are a 14 and a half point favorite, but I think Baylor's going to compete in this one. Charlie Brewer, very good quarterback. His receiving core is underrated nationally, I think. Denzel Mims, we of course remember him from last year. Uh, But they added Jalen Hurd, the former Tennessee running back, now a receiver, having a great year, too, on pace for 1,100 yards, and he's, of course, doing some work on the ground as well. That's pretty crazy as a former running back. It is. It's amazing. He's he's doing a great job. Uh, So I say Baylor will lose by seven and cover. Pitt at number five, Notre Dame. The Irish are a 21-point favorite. Pitt, of course, coming off a good overtime win against Syracuse, but... Notre Dame is uh, a different beast. They'll be able to slow down Quadri Allison and Darren Hall on the ground. And Kenny Pickett has not shown to be good enough uh, to carry an offense through the air. So I will take Notre Dame. Final game, number 10, UCF at Memphis. UCF's a four and a half point favorite. And according to FPI, this is UCF's best chance to lose. Uh, They still do have undefeated Cincinnati and USF on the schedule, but apparently this is the toughest game. So... I'm still going to take UCF, though. Four and a half doesn't seem like a lot of points to give against a team with losses to Navy and Tulane. All righty, Mike. Um, My first game is number 19, Colorado, at USC, who is a seven-point favorite, actually. And this is one of those games where if USC wins, SportsCenter and all those news people are going to say that USC upset number 19, Colorado, (laughs) even though they're a touchdown favorite to win. Yeah, good Um, call on that. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, but I, th- I think this is going to be a very close game, so I'm going to take the plus seven points and take Colorado, but I do like USC to win the game. Uh, my next game is number six, West Virginia. They're favored six points at Iowa State. The main question in this game is who's going to start at quarterback for the Cyclones? Kyle Kemp hasn't played the last four weeks, but Brock Purdy played great last week at Oklahoma State. The Mountaineers are preparing for both, but I'd expect to see Purdy. Um, but he won't surprise the Mountaineers this week, so I'm going to take West Virginia minus the six points. Uh, my third game is number 16, Miami. They're a six-point favorite at Virginia. Big game in the ACC Coastal here, and I like the Cavaliers in this one. Miami was really lucky to beat uh, an average Florida State team last week. 
and they won't be getting wide receiver Amon Richards back. He unfortunately had to quit football due to a neck injury. That's too bad. Mm. Um, but Virginia's coming off of a bye week, and we'll be ready to go for this one. So I'm taking the points here in Virginia. In my last game, number 14, Florida. They're favored a touchdown at Vandy. This is the ultimate trap game for Florida. They're coming off two big wins at Mississippi State and against LSU. Then they play Georgia after this, so it's going to be a tough one for uh, for Mullen to avoid a letdown in this one, and that's why I'm going to take Vandy plus the points. All right, good breakdowns, guys. Uh, let's close out the episode with a questionable finish. In his last 17 games, Devin Singletary has scored 44 touchdowns. What's something that you do with unusual frequency? Um, okay, well, every day uh, at work, I go for my lunch break, I go to the exact same restaurant. I go to Flame Broiler, <laughs> and I get the exact same exact same meal. I've been doing it three years straight. That is always wow. White chicken, white white chicken, white rice, no onions. That's all there is, baby. That place is really mediocre too. It's pretty mediocre, but it's like, what other option yeah. do I have? The name is way better than what the food is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. It really did tease me at first. Like, flame oil, <laughs> oh, that sounds good. It's not. But it, it's decent. It's it's healthy. It's decent. You know, it's a solid meal. All right. For me, it is uh, taking sips of water during the podcast. Oh, my god! And you do it with like four different cups. <laughs> I, it's like, how many cups do you have? Yeah. every I, We joke. Every time <laughs> I, I pull a cup out from... <laughs> on camera, Ryan is, is, is seeing a different cup. It's like a magic trick. Yeah. I have six cups over here. He's got a sippy cup. His uh... It's a lot of water. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I got a pumpkin yeah. spice latte here. You guys see that? Oh, oh god! You're all about pumpkin spice. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to go along the same lines of you, Ryan, but mine is I eat a lot of fast food. Mm. I have gotten better, but I'm definitely guilty of eating a fair amount of my fast food. What's the biggest culprit? Where do you like to go? Usually it's Wendy's. Yeah. Four for four. <laughs> four for four. It's just that a must. Fo fo fo. Fo fo Despite beating Indiana this weekend on the football field, Ohio State lost a four-star running back recruit to the Hoosiers. Name a time when you succeeded, but were subsequently punished for it. So I was, I think, about 12 years old, playing you know, baseball as a kid, and I did well enough to, to get on some all-star team, but that meant that I had to play the whole summer. And, you know, as a 12-year-old kid, I wasn't really keen on that. I really <laughs> yeah. didn't want to have to play baseball all summer. So it was, it was cool, but it, it wasn't cool. That's like the South Park episode where everyone's trying to lose. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a hilarious episode. Um, so mine was uh, in law school. I, I tried out for to get on this journal, and I was very happy to make, make the journal until I realized I had to write a 30-page paper for it, which... Yeah, that's it was awful. That's not good. It was Mike. terrible. That's too bad. Yeah, yeah, that's terrible. All right, mine is actually also when I was younger. I played basketball. Um, our, I was on playing on the JV team over in the summer, and we were in a tournament, and they needed two more teams to play in the varsity level tournament because they only had fourteen. So they took the two best JV teams, and one of those was my team. So we had to play against varsity teams in a tournament, and. We, well, we actually almost won our first game, but we did not win any of the rest. <laughs> you play <laughs> against kinda, any future college players? I not in that tournament. You know, I, we did play James Harden a couple times uh, and Chase Buttinger, but uh, not in this tournament. Didn't you block Chase Buttinger? Uh, I, I blocked him low. He didn't get the ball. You know, he was about to go up for a layup, and then I just kind of yeah. swiped it at him. So it, I'll, I'll give, give you a block. Yeah, I'll give, give me you a block. block. Give me a block for that one. I did score over uh, Renardo Sidney. Oh, wow. Wow. It would be more impressive if you scored around him. (laughs) Well, it's kind of what I did. I caught the ball at the free throw line, and then I had to, I just drove left and just, I kind of had to dive just to get the ball underneath his long arm, but it went in. He must have been eating a burger or something. He was, was (laughs) (laughs) yeah. All right. Last question. What is your upset special, a seven plus point underdog to win outright? I'll start with Southern Miss as eight and a half point dogs to win at North Texas. Last week, North Texas won the turnover battle against UTEP 2-0, the worst team in college football, and still, they only won by three points. Yeah, that was weird. While Southern Miss is coming off of a bye, which is a good thing, and the week before that, they competed with Auburn on the road, so I like their chances here. Disappointed with North Texas. I think they're fine, though. 
Okay, North Texas. Mason Fine. Come oh, on. Oh, dear. Oh, wow, I, I, I'm a dunce for that one. Wow. My bad. Oh, oh, man. All right. I'm going to take Air Force plus 10. They're playing at San Diego State. Air Force has won or been in every game they've played this year, and they're fresh off of a dominant 35-7 win over their rival Navy. San Diego State, they're in a letdown spot after their big win at Boise, so give me the, the option and Air Force. They have been in every game. They've participated. You're right. They literally Craig. showed up. Yeah, they literally showed say. up. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot here. Um, I guess that's kind of what this segment is all about. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna go with Baylor. They're a 14 point dog at Texas. So I'm betting on. I a, like it. A Red River hangover for the Longhorns. Wow. If that happens, Ryan, then you're not even going to hear any decibels if, you know, for Texas is back. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Why don't you give us give us the Texas is back after they lose to Baylor? Okay, I'm not even sure if you said anything there. That was it. Wow. All right. (laughs) Nothing. Uh, That'll do it. Well, I got one more point here, Mike, if you if you don't mind. Oh, Okay. sorry. Sorry. What do you got? We got Eastern Michigan. They deserve a a shout out here. Oh, oh. yeah, it's. Or a not shout out. Um, again. Listen, yeah, again. Listen to their last four games. A seven-point loss to Buffalo, three-point overtime loss to the Aztecs, three-point overtime loss to Northern Illinois, and another three-point loss to Western Michigan. Just brutal. And those totally are the teams brutal. they're losing to, you know? Well, and but, you don't even mention, last year was the exact yeah. same thing. Go pull up their schedule from last year. They lost every game by like three well, points. Well, they lost, they lost six games in a row by a touchdown or less last year. So that's that's 10 games in a year and a half where they've lost by a touchdown or less. Just <laughs> that sucks. So so many close losses. They're they're good. They just can't quite pull it out. You feel for them. Yep. Yep. Oh, another bit of news here. Uh Troy starting quarterback Caleb Barker out for the season with an ACL tear, which is too bad. He was having a great year and Troy after of course getting blown out by Boise, uh they'd won 5 straight. So yeah, they they look good. Yeah, they do. So we'll have to see. It's I don't know bad. who the backup is, but we'll I guess see this weekend. Yep. If they play, I don't know if they have a bye, but I'm not a machine, guys. All right, I don't know everything. No, they they do play. They're they're a, a nine point favorite over someone I can't remember right hmm. now. Um. All right. Why don't Why don't While I'm closing out the episode, why don't you guys look for that? Okay. Um. But yeah. Remember, everyone, we have our midseason trivia episode coming out this week, so be sure to subscribe. I see that there are people that listen to the show every week and aren't subscribed, which is crazy. Subscribe to the show. Um, I this is that's all I got, Trey. You need to come at me with uh, who Troy is playing against. Uh, I think they have a bot. Oh, Liberty, Liberty. Oh, that's oh, right. Liberty, it's Liberty, Liberty. Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Turner Gills. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And look out for the trivia episode later this week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.